Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. How are you? Good. December. Here we go. I know. It's, <laughs> it is here. It's here. It's so here. Last month of the decade. The de- I know. I heard that. I was like, oh, of the year. No, it's of the decade. New decade in next month. Holy moly. I know. I came up with my top 10 television shows of the decade. I I saw that post. That was fun. Oh, my God. I Yeah, I made this class at the Awesome Ladies Project. And, like, no, no lie, it helped me make my best television list in, like, not no time at all after I've been, like, yeah. like, literally, like, so stressed out about it for weeks. Yeah. And, like, writing on scrap paper and keeping notes on my phone. I literally, it's just so easy. I made a workbook and, like, it's fun. You can cut things out and you can rank things and then you have your, so you can make, you know, your your albums list, your song list, your moments list. Yeah. It's it's so it's so fun and it's free if you are a, a VIP collective member at the Awesome Ladies Project. So come join us. That. It's awesome. It's fantastic. But we have so much news for everybody. It's amazing. So let's just jump into all the news, right? So we've been talking yeah. lately about how we love Patreon as a way to help us support the show. All of our patrons are awesome. You guys help us with the bills. You help us make this show amazing. And we love that aspect of it. But Patreon, the platform, is not super user-friendly. So we've been moving a little bit away from using Patreon as a community. And I created the space over at the Awesome Ladies Project for everybody. There is a Patreon-exclusive group. And there's also the new community group for everyone to join. And there are a couple of changes that we're making for the new year. One of them is that we are opening up the Bite Size Book Club to everyone. Yay! To be, yes, I know. We're so, we are so <laughs> excited. Um, we have so much fun with the Bite Size Book Club. We put so much work into it. And I know that everybody who participates would love even more interaction. So it is going to become a brand new crafty ass female bonus podcast free to everybody so it'll be able to you'll be able to find it wherever you listen to this where you know whatever your podcast app is whether it's spotify whether it's apple podcasts whether it's you know whatever you press podcasts and your podcasts show up on it'll be you know bite-sized book club and it'll be you know podcast whatever you you listen to podcasts on maybe you'd press the button on your car i don't know uh, you know, so it will be podcasts. it will be its own podcast entity, but duh, attached to this. But it will be like its own thing. Yes, and so whenever yeah. the new episodes show up, new show. Yeah, new show, new show. It'll be so much easier to follow along. It'll be so much easier to jump in. We'll have insane, awesome discussions over on the Awesome Ladies Project community because I am making every single one of our new books a free class for everyone to jump in on it is going to be awesome because amanda and i have such a great time discussing these books in like these little bite-sized forms they are some of the best conversations that we have and we really want to open them up to everyone because it is so awesome and our patrons who jump into these conversations with us we know that you guys will get so much more out of it if more of our community members also jump into this conversation. Yes, agreed. I always wanted to be part of a book club, and we've been doing this for quite a while, and I've never thought of this as a book club. I mean, I have, duh. But, like, it's such a different format. Like, to do it audio and to do it like a podcast, that it, I was like, 
didn't even register me register to me that it's like it really is like a club of like we're reading and we're discussing like it's a lot of fun isn't it and you can do it anywhere you don't necessarily have to show up at seven o'clock at somebody's house with like cookies and you know maybe you don't necessarily want to listen to that person over there because they always have you know anti-vax things that they're talking (laughs) about so we you know you don't you're not gonna hear any anti-vax stuff from us we're just gonna talk about the bite Size book club it's awesome we are discussing elise joy's new book uh why am I blanking on it? I've literally Big been... Big Dreams, Daily Joys. Big Dreams, Daily Joys. Oh, it's because I'm always, like, constantly nervous that I'm going to say, like, <laughs> small dreams or, you know, <laughs> small joys or daily. You know, I'm I'm literally terrified that I'm going to, like, skip or mess up the uh, one of the four words. Like, what I got our, you, girl. Our, um... Yeah, last, work, last work smarter, not harder. And how yes. many times did we say work harder, not smarter? Yes, work as hard as you possibly can and be as dumb as possible. That is my, that's, that's what I'm terrified about. Yeah. I'm constantly terrified that that's Those what I'm doing. Those two phrased comma kind of phrases right. throw us yep. off. Yeah. And then somebody's going to catch me and be like, haha, you messed up. And now yeah. you're a failure. Yeah. And they're going to put the big failure, like you're going to get that, like, the, the top secret stamp that's yep. on these big envelopes. I'm going to get a failure one right across my yep. face. Big F. Um, yes. So, patrons, the cool thing you're getting is a interactive calendar that I've had in the back of my mind for a while. And you're going to see the future episodes that we're planning in advance. You're going to get a back calendar of all the episodes that we've ever made in a way more organized fashion because one of the other things that patron is lacking patreon is lacking is organization and it's awesome that they make it so easy for you guys to help us build the show to help us pay our bills to help us make the show as great as possible and now you know offer you guys the second podcast thank you so much it is awesome but we want to make it as user-friendly as possible, as easy for you guys as possible. And that means not necessarily using the parts of Patreon that don't work as well. And so we're not. So we're bringing you Bite Size Book Club as a brand new podcast. We are making an interactive calendar for patrons. We are bringing all sorts of new cool things to the crafty-ass female community. And... It just feels so awesome. It feels so awesome to be able to do this for you guys. Yeah. Exciting. Isn't it? It yeah. just fe- it feels really good. And it feels really good because the content of the episodes are just, it's still so fantastic. This episode that we have with Vanessa is, it's just so good. And like I, I don't feel bad that we're now seven minutes into an intro because <laughs> I feel okay torturing our listeners because this episode is so good and I don't feel bad that we're making you wait and wait and wait because we're giving you all this fantastic free stuff, including a new brand new podcast that, <laughs> oh my God, this episode with V is unreal. She's she so talks, interesting. She's fantastic. She's incredibly smart. She yeah. is unbelievably talented. She yeah. just gets shit yeah and like she knows who she is Mm -hmm. even when that's had to change so many times right she came from a very wise point of view but wise 
knowing herself, but also wise knowing her craft. Like there's a part in the interview where she talks about just crafting intuitively. She kept using the word intuition and that still stuck with me because I feel like that's how how I've evolved now. Like it isn't it isn't so much like a reaction to craft because it's just the habit I've been doing. It's more like when is this craft going to intuitively fit into my life and my season? And like, it just made a lot of sense. So I'm excited for that part of that interview. <laughs> yeah, and it's absolutely amazing. And having her speak as a person who grew up in Canada and is now living, you know, in year to year spurts, in couple year spurts in different places in Asia you know, not, and, and like I said, not necessarily unwillingly, but, you know, not necessarily super willingly. And hearing that perspective and how she comes at it from a feminist perspective of, right. these are my people and I'm doing this because I love my people, right. but also I still need to be me. Yeah. Is beautiful and awesome and empowering and I just love I I've listened to this interview a couple of times already so so good I'm, I'm really excited to let our people our people hear about it so Dead guys eyes. listen to the interview come talk to us about the interview on the awesome ladies project.com slash crafty ass female it is our totally free community where we have lots of stuff for you now forums galleries ways to interact with other crafty ass females it is awesome thank you for listening to this show you have made this place so cool over the last two years just so freaking cool so thank you for helping us make this show amazing if you want to help support the show and make it even more amazing and help us create bigger communities and you know a brand new podcast like we just announced <laughs> which is incredible uh go to patreon.com slash crafty female pledge five dollars a month you get some bonuses. You get to see the After Chatter show, which is always amazing. You get to peek into people's worlds. You'll get to see into, you know, V's apartment in China, which, you know, is very cool. You'll get to see into all these people's little creative places. And you get to be a part of our community, you know, a, a, a tighter knit part of the amazing Crafty S community. And we love you because of it. So... Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for being a Crafty Ass Female listener, whether you've been listening for one week or over 100 weeks now. Wow. We love you. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So here's Vanessa Oliver Lloyd. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedell, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. Welcome okay, to the show. Yeah, I am so excited. I am so excited <laughs> that Vanessa's here. Today we have Vanessa Oliver Lloyd, who, okay, first off, I've been wondering how to pronounce Vanessa's last name for eight <laughs> years, and I'm so pumped that I've been saying it right in my head the whole time. So, like, victory for me after having a day of no victories. <laughs> it's a big victory. That's going to go on the win column for my daily victories. But nice. Vanessa is one of the coolest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting on the internet like seriously 
Um, anytime that I get to tell people like, oh yeah, guys, I have like really cool internet friends and they live all over the world. I'm like, <laughs> Vanessa is one of my coolest internet friends. So Vanessa lives in Shanghai. She's going to tell us all about how she got from Canada, French Canada, to Thank Shanghai. Um, and she is an incredible artist. We're just, I, I could gush about you all day. You are an archaeologist by trade. I am. And now you are an artist. That's right. You have been an artist for, I'm going to say you've been an artist your whole life because we have been artists our whole lives. That's right. And you've been honing your art skills for like the last 10-ish years? I would say, yeah, probably, you know, eight years. I've been really um, making that my primary focus. That's I've been, and I think we've been friends for almost that long. Exactly. I was going to say that. It's so exciting for me to actually have a visual on you both and to chat with you guys. Because, I mean, we met through, I don't know if you remember, but we met through 30 Days of Lists. That, I was going to ask you, did we yeah. meet through 30 Days of Lists? We did. Back, like, where did we meet? Because I feel like we were friends, like, either right when Instagram happened or before Instagram yes. happened. And the only people who I'm, like, friends with now that I was friends with before Instagram happened were my 30 days of lists people. That's so cool. That's and like, super cool. Yes, we're here. And so we're going to chat about everything. We're going to chat about how you draw the most amazing human anatomy on the planet. <laughs> we're going to chat about feminism. We're going to chat about Art Witch Academy, which is your membership. What? I, always, I, never, yeah. I never know what to call them. I own a membership group. Yeah, that's I, right. <laughs> I never know what the, like, what is the right terminology? <laughs> membership group, membership program, membership collective. Website. Website, right. It's like yeah. membership. Yeah. <laughs> Your Art Witch Academy membership that you co-host with two other amazing women, which you will tell that's us right. more about. And we will just get into everything. Okay. So, Vanessa, you are amazing. I love you. And I cannot wait to start this conversation. Tell us, how did you get to Shanghai? Okay, that's a wonderful question because it's very, it's very much related to my path as uh, becoming an artist or embracing that, that word, which is always a bit difficult to do at first, right? So it all started um, in 2010. My husband works for the Canadian government. He's a diplomat. And so he got posted to Hong Kong. And so we spent four years in Hong Kong um, where I couldn't work in my field, which is archeologist. Um, I work with human remains and uh, forensic archeology. span And so I had to kind of find a way to identify with something other than my, just my job. Uh, and my kids at the time were really young. So it was really hard for me to be just a mother um, because it's not in my nature. I um, definitely identified with my work. And so to become just, just a mother, which is super valid for anybody, but was just not valid for me, um, it was difficult. So I remember the night that it happened, I, I like took the kids and handed them over to my husband. And I said, <laughs> I'm going for a walk, <laughs> uh, which I did. And I ended up in a bookstore and I ended up face to face with a book called 1000 Artist Pages, which was a book about art journaling. And so I like my eyes, you know, tripled in size and I was like, I can do this. I used to do this. Um, so I left that bookstore with that book and a sketchbook. 
And then that's how my return to art journaling happened. But um, I was basically doing art journaling, but I didn't know it was called that. Yes. <laughs> so before my kids were born, I was doing, I used to call them nothing books from, I don't know if you guys ever read Sweet Valley High and probably I'm giving away yes. my age. <laughs> but they were doing like nothing books at the end of that series. And I was like, oh, I love that, that name because it was just, you know, books with lyrics or whatever was going through, you know, nice magazine spreads that I liked and collage and stuff like that. And so when I had my children, I sort of set that aside because I was really busy in my season of motherhood. And so Hong Kong marked the return of, uh, well, I, can, I am an artist. I have this in me and I can continue in that direction. Um, and so after our posting in Hong Kong, we went back to Canada for two years um, so that my husband could do language training to learn Mandarin. Uh, because we were posted then to Beijing, um, which was two years ago, well, three years ago now. So we did two years in Beijing, and now we were transferred to Shanghai. What, what are your favorite parts of living abroad, and what do you think are the most trying, not related to work? Right. Um, so the best part of living abroad for me is having the time to focus on this new, it's like a double-edged sword, right? If I, if I hadn't <clears throat> moved abroad, excuse me, then I would, I would still be working as an archaeologist and I would be feeling accomplished and feeling very comfortable in that life, which is the one that I chose. But the fact that I have, uh, uh, this this impossibility of working in my field abroad means I had to like find something else and um, even though I'm always surprised by this I find I am resilient and I am able to adapt to new environments even though it sometimes takes me a while and then art helps me process all of that so if I didn't have uh, to constantly adapt to a new environment and new people and new circles um, then I wouldn't have pushed this side of me, the artist side of me, uh, to the forefront. So that's definitely a positive, is to have the opportunity to do that. Um, and, but it's because of a negative, which is that I can't work in my field. Um, and then aside from that, living in China is very, I mean, the food is amazing. Uh, Shanghai is a beautiful city. It's much more um, human scale than Beijing was. Beijing is very monumental. And so um, I really love living here. Um, and, and then the other really positive thing is that uh, I'm not the only person in my situation. We are a small community of Canadians here in Shanghai. And so uh, it's an opportunity to connect with other people. It's an opportunity to connect with other people who are creative and who uh, also need to find a different role for themselves uh, because they are posted abroad and they are the spouses. And I don't mean just women, there's lots of um, male spouses as well. And so um, that's another really positive aspect of uh, being abroad is to be able to create community wherever you settle. It's such an interesting situation that, like, you know, you grow up and you never really think, like, oh, okay, one day I'm going to marry a diplomat. 
you know, totally. I, it's not, that's not, you know, and here you are. I mean, you have done incredible things in your field. You've gone over to, you know, Europe and identified Canadian remains from World War II. Yeah, that's right. That's, I mean, it's literally incredible. And now you found an entire second career out of necessity. Absolutely. Out of necessity is the right way to put it because otherwise I would have been, you know, mental breakdown for sure, because it's hard. Like that's, it's hard living abroad. And we, we think about it a lot because of our kids, um, you know, kids who grow up abroad like this, they're, they're called third culture kids, which is to say that like, they don't have roots. Their, their roots are uh, more portable, <laughs> if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I'm an archaeologist. I love roots. I love digging in the dirt and staying there and like always having to uproot and reroot is, is difficult. Um, so, so I feel like this is what I'm supposed to learn in this lifetime is to be able to do that, um, uh, to, to change and to be able to adapt and to learn from what this process means for me. And I think you do such a great job of processing that through artistry. Mm-hmm. And you've talked so publicly about how at the beginning you struggled with naming yourself artist. And you talked about this, you know, like a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. Could you share a little bit more about like what that transition was like, you know, going from a hard science to being like, I am Vanessa, the artist, which you clearly are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's been a really long time coming because it's always easier to be like, oh, I'm creative. And mm-hmm. um, and I also feel like this is where we step into feminist territory also. Um, women's crafts have always been placed as or seen as hobbies, like these kinds of little... Uh, not too serious, uh, not real art, not fine art, um, pastimes, or like like literally a hobby with a kind of uh, condescension put into that word. Um, so for me, uh, you know, doing being in an art journal, which was definitely to help my mental state, to help me adapt to what was happening to me, to help me make sense of the world, Um, could not be considered art or fine art like photography can be or actual painting on a canvas. But then I was like, why? Why, like, like the things that are in my art journal are more true than a pretty bird that's on a canvas. No shade to whoever did the goldfinch. (laughs) Like, no shade to those artists at all. But um, this is an expression of my life and it's an expression of what I'm going through and that is valid as well. So I think that needlepoint, uh, scrapbooking, uh, diary keeping are all really important parts of the human collective and there are, they are feminine arts mostly or were um, and were generally put down as being just hobbies, therefore had no value. So for me, the calling myself an artist was reclaiming that, not being afraid to say that what I do is worthy. 
of being shared and is worthy in and of itself because it doesn't need to have like a price tag on it or I don't need to exhibit in you know a fancy or an even not fancy venue I don't have to exhibit anything um, for, for me to be able to call myself artist so it took me a while to get there yeah, and I think that's a really important distinction to make is that there are no arbitrary set of rules come down on high from somebody that says, you know, you have to be this, 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 and this before you can be an artist. That's but right. we feel that sometimes, especially as women, especially when we do, you know, crafts yep. or, you know, things that are just like, oh, well, you're right. I'm just creative. And yeah. like, so? Yeah. You can right. still make art. You still are making art. And when you're making art, you're an artist. And even like, I love the phrase nothing book as well, but even that is almost saying like, well, all this time I'm spending is nothing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. almost to, to, to call it that because you don't know what to call it, but then claim it as just this, this bunch of stuff that really means nothing, even though it means so much, but that's right. instinct is to kind of say like, <laughs> no one would think anything of this. So it's a nothing book, but we know what it is. It's, it's like, like a way of protecting yourself from yeah, judgment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. It's that is it. It's that, that 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 shell we put around our feelings so that when somebody else says it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt our feelings. Except, Except it does hurt right. our feelings because of course it does. Right. Because you've poured your heart into that. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just it's not just pretty. It's it's you know, uh, documenting what you're going through in your path and everything that's happening to you and for you uh so it cannot be nothing but it's 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 um still sometimes i have that that little reflex you know when i'm introducing myself to someone new every four years um three to four years i have to do that and i'm like i'm an artist but i mean what wants to come out is i'm an archaeologist because you know that's that's valid i went to university for that i worked in that i got paid a salary for that um but really Right now, I am an artist, um, you know, and and that is true and valid, even though I don't have uh, an exhibit somewhere or I don't paint on canvas or I don't have photos or sculpt. Yeah. And we and Kristen have talked about, too, like, that's even true when you're in a dormancy period and you're not making art. Like, there's also, like, that claim of it, too, like, me and Kristen have talked a lot about that in the past uh, season of like, even when you're not doing the thing, you can claim that it's your thing if you know it's your thing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All great artists need time to rest their brain and their hands and all those things so that the things can happen with our brains and our hands when we need them to. Absolutely. I'm going to say the, th the reasons that I beat myself up for quote unquote like not being a good enough artist is like, oh, I haven't created in two days or a week or whatever. You know, I haven't made, so I can't be. But that's who I am as an artist. I need some time off sometimes because, you know, my head hurt extra this week. You know, the, the, pressure, the pressure was really bad. Or, you know, maybe somebody else has kids and their kids had the flu and then their other kid got the flu. And then, you know... Just or because, no reason at all, just right. because you need the fallow 
period to like nourish the soil that's gonna you know I'm trying to go further with this plant analogy but it's like no, to, exactly. to allow the seed to come up like literally it's you can't put a timer on these things and it's okay to not have an actual you know excuse or or reason because you do need that time otherwise you're just going to produce shitty art mm-hmm. that you're doing it just to check a box and it will be empty and not create any feeling in anybody else right so it's like it's a very capitalist patriarchal way of looking at art which is you're only valid if you're getting paid for it and if you're working yourself to the bone whereas a very feminine way of approaching things. Feminine as in divine feminine is to allow yourself these periods of rest, um, which are like, when did rest become negative? Which it shouldn't be because you need that time to let things sort of macerate and develop and, and eventually come back out. Absolutely. Rest is everywhere. It's in all the major religions it's in all of the mindfulness exercises that are coming back. It's in everywhere except capitalism. <laughs> the workforce right. that says have a baby and go back a few weeks later. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Gotta get this ball rolling, we say. Yeah. That's right. It's like, uh, you know, Virginia Woolf, she said, uh, all that you need is money in a room of one's own, right? For write, she applied it to writing. Um, but that's really, that's what you need. Like you need to have your own space. And this could be like metaphorical space inside you to sort of, you know, develop these ideas and find these threads that like pull you somewhere else. And, you know, of course you need money. I mean, you, by that she means you need to have the time to, to put into your art and not be exhausted because you've been washing clothes and uh, preparing food and working as a CEO and all of those things. Um, if, if this is, this is also what I was saying before, the gift that being abroad has given me is that I can use this time to develop my art. Yeah. I feel similarly after moving to Michigan, it's yes. not as far as China, <laughs> Still, it is, but it is away from everyone I know. Yeah, and the winters are isolating. But like, when you are forced into something, and not like forced, but when you are willingly forced into something because of a choice that you make, new doors open, doors that you never would have considered, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, this is an interesting life. And it's not, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, n- none of us are here for an easy life. And, and it wouldn't be fun anyway. Are, it's going to be it's right. a set of challenges. Yeah. And, and the, the most that we can do is, you know, make the most out of what we have. Yeah. And, you know, we all, or we all have our own set of challenges. And the other thing is that, as women, as crafty as females, we have overlapping challenges. And I think art really helps us to talk about those challenges and come up with ways to talk about them 
that are easier than just coming out and saying, hey, um, being a lady sucks, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, the thing I love about your art, V, is that you bring so much, like, there's so much emotion to your art, but it's not, it's it's so, I feel like it's it's everything all at once, but it's never too much. Wow, I love that. Because, <laughs> like, your, your, your art is both heavy and light at the same time. It's both, you know, it's, it's filled with, you know, um, oh, how do I even say? Like, both baggage, but you can see that you're picking it up and bringing it with you. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's an amazing, like, description because that's how it feels like for me. Every single piece of work that I've done. Um, and this is why I like art journalism so much because it's a book, right? So you open it, you can, you can pour yourself into these pages. And when you're done, you close the book. So um, the, the, the art journal is like the container for these emotions that might be too much for you or that you, the turmoil that you just need to address. Um, and so for me, this is where I realized that all of my art is a ritual of sorts in that I am trying to make myself feel better or to understand what's happening to me or to understand my reaction to what's happening to me. So that's why it feels very, um, not baggagey, but with baggage, it's because I, it's very, both very vulnerable, but also accessing, helping me access some of my strengths and my uh, resilience. And so that's how I went into thinking of myself as an art witch because of the ritual nature of pretty much everything that I was doing. You know, it just made me realize, wow, there's like an intention behind almost all of these spreads that I'm making, all of these pages. And these intentions are good in that they're uh, helping me make sense of the world and then maybe helping somebody else make sense of those things at the same time. Yes, very much so. And you do such a really good job of saying like, you know, here's where I am. Here's where I'm going to go. And I have a question about your journals specifically. Do you, when you are done with the journal, do you put it away and do you open it back up again or is it put away? I do. I totally open it back up again. And then I have like this feeling like, oh my God, all my best work is behind me. Why do I even bother? Look at this. I'm never going to be as good as this, <laughs> which is I know. so common. I get that. Oh my I God. So, and, then like, you have, and then you have a latest post of the self-help deck or, or the, the self-care <laughs> deck. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> your best work was, I love those cards. They were so, I love, like a little, Thank tarot, you. a little tarot, um, care, self-care. That's right. That's a, a lesson from uh, one of my sister witches at Art Witch Academy. Um, on Insta, she's Freya Fennick, but in real life, her name is Caroline. And um, that's, that's also, we can just, we can go back to the art journals, but like, Art Witch Academy has been so amazing for me because we wanted to learn from each other. All three of us wanted to learn from each other because we each have our kind of um, 
modus operandi, if I can say it that way. And so uh, that's, that's one of the projects that are out of my comfort zone and out of something that I would not do usually, but then I just thoroughly enjoyed diving into that. That's one of the things I love most about community is like, and yes, when you have smaller, close knit communities, you have friends that like will do a tutorial or do something that is way out of your comfort zone. And you're like, you know what? I don't even care if mine <laughs> sucks. I just want to do this because my friends are doing it. It's like when you go to the paint and wine, which I obviously don't do because I don't <laughs> paint or wine. But like, you know, you go because all your friends are going and who cares if yeah. your paint, your painting ends up like a misshapen dog because <laughs> yep. you're just there to have fun with your friends. Because yeah. most of the time, it's the process. I know for me, this is true. It's the process rather than the end result. So even though I do look back on my old journals, um, what comes out of that is the whole uh, uh, feeling or the period that I was in at that time. And, and what emerges is what I was going through. So it is also an act of documenting um, my daily life. Uh, but not in so many words, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's in the choices of colors I use or the medium I use, but they are definite containers of these, the things I was going through during that time. Yeah. How do you decide what mediums to use? Are you a feelings mediums person? Are you a, I am like really into watercolors and these specific watercolors right now. So I'm going to use them until I'm all the way done with them. Or what, 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 what are you? I would say that I'm uh, fairly intuitive in what I need to use at the moment. So if I'm trying to get something really out because I'm, I'm feeling angry or, or anxious or frustrated uh, those kinds of like fast emotions, um, I'll do a collage because collage is my go-to. I, I love to collage. I've done it since I was a kid. And so layering, cutting and pasting, we all know how good that feels. So, <laughs> so that'll be my, my go-to if I need to express something right away. Um, and then I do go through phases, but some of that has to do with the time that I have available. Um, I think, I think it would be cheating to say that I always have time for everything and that doesn't have an influence because, you know, painting takes a lot longer uh, for me than collage, for example. So if I have a project that I have to finish or a deadline, um, because there is some of that, then I will, you know, choose my medium accordingly. But when I'm left to my own devices, it's very intuitive. Um, and so these days I've been doing, I'm making a class. I'm, I'm working on making a class. I've also just, we just launched semester three at Art Witch Academy. So I was doing uh, projects in a very um, tight context, or am doing that too. Um, and now I find the need to have a like no holds barred kind of container <laughs> for whatever I want to do. So I bound like in a frenzy the other night, I like bound this journal <laughs> with like watercolor paper. I hardly measured anything. So it's all wonky. And I didn't like 
you know, stack the papers properly. So it's like all crooked, but I don't care. It's, it's like all I do in there is whatever I want. So most of the time I would just like splashing paint and seeing what happens. And it's so freeing because I've been in this kind of like more slightly more rigid structure um, for what I'm creating. And so this allows me to sort of tap into something different for a little bit. And I like the result. I love it. I think I'm, I'm not sure yet what I'm going to call this journal because wonky journal doesn't, doesn't sound <laughs> like <laughs> or the anything goes journal, but I, I want to find a, a better term for it because it's been very uh, interesting to see that I do need that, that also to sort of, so anyway, to answer your question, I would say I'm pretty intuitive in what I choose to use. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about like needing that time, that rest time. Yes. And like, once you have too much of that rest time, you like really need to get back to those things, like <laughs> that other thing. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm the, the getting to back to the too. other thing is really interesting because, because it can become scary. You can, you can feel like you become in a rut, uh, even though you're not. I mean, that's, that's the scary part of those, those uh, fallow periods is that you're like, well, what if nothing's going to come back out? What if my r real like, best work really is behind me? What do I do now? Um, and so then, then that's when the brain kicks in and the inner critic, and then it's really hard to silence them and just to get back to, to creating, which is definitely what you should do when you're feeling that way. Just, just push pain around, just grab a pencil, do whatever without, you know, judgments. Slide that away. Yes, absolutely. Whenever I stand at my desk and I'm like, I have no idea how to scrapbook anymore. I'm never going to make another scrapbook page in my entire life. <laughs> it happens I all mean, the time. If you say that, can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Oh, right. No. And then like, that's what happens. I'm like, I, I literally stand up like literally five feet to the left of me. I will stand at my desk and I'm like, Kristen, you're done. You're never <laughs> going to make it. another scrapbook page for the rest of your life. And then like, you know, <laughs> 10 seconds will go by and be like, oh, well, if I feel this way, what about every single other person in the entire right. world. And I then I'm it. like, okay, well, the only thing I can do is glue one piece of paper onto another piece of paper and then just keep gluing pieces of paper onto, yeah, exactly. That's the only That's thing you it. can do. Yep. And then, you know what's the funniest thing is that I wind up making the pages that I like the best right after I have that horrible feeling in my head that I'm never wow. gonna make another scrapbook page. I and totally love that. It's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because like, <laughs> why does it have to get to that point? Like, why can't we just trust ourselves? Why can't we just live in a great world? Yeah. Where, you know, like everyone can vote and we all like <laughs> women and men the same. And like, you know, no one hates each other for stupid reasons. And then I wouldn't have to stand next to my desk and be like, oh no, you'll never be able to create another scrapbook page ever again. When you, when you now, cause I imagine I imagine 10 years ago that happening in your brain is different than now that happening in your brain. Cause now that happening in your brain, you almost go, I know you, like, I yeah. know what this is like, and we're, I'm going to get paid. Like, it's almost like you could not react. You don't re you're not reactionary to it as much as you were 10 years ago, or does it still have the same effect? Are you asking me or Vanessa? <laughs> well, for me, I am, I'm different, but that's because my therapist helped me. <laughs> like in no, a very in a very true. serious way yeah. i had a very serious talk with her and she was like well you know that's a negative thought 
Same with the other negative thoughts about like imposter syndrome or Kristen, you're a terrible person or Kristen, you're never going to be able to make anyone happy for the rest of your life. All of those things. It's just like you say, okay, I acknowledge that you're there. Move on to something else. Exactly. I think that's, that's the, it's the only way to do is to go through, you know, listen, acknowledge, and then keep going and just ignore them. Like, I, I think that, um, it's when we touch upon, like, I do a lot of archetype work and I do a lot of shadow work, which is also related to archetypes and um, to me calling myself an art witch. And so when I have that feeling, when I have the feeling that, oh my God, like imposter syndrome is, is continuously a battle um, and it goes back to, right, calling yourself an artist when people are like, yeah, but what, what, what's your work? What, like, what do you do? Oh, I work in journals. And they're like, what does that mean? And then <laughs> it is an opportunity <laughs> to educate, but it's also like super triggering for the <laughs> inner critic to be like, oh my God, this person doesn't know what they're doing. Anyway, I find that when you tap into the archetypes that are within you, you can really bring those up and remember that you can be many things at once. We're all many things at once, right? So, you know, we're teachers, we're mothers, daughters, sisters, siblings, spouses, we're so many things. So if you have this inner critic being a jerk, then you can tap into the warrior within you or any other archetype that that calls to you and that's what you embody and you just ignore that voice. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely, that's amazing. I love that advice. Do your kids art? Do they watch you and kind of like mimic? So they don't mimic. Um, Lausanne, she's 14 now. She is an incredible drawer. So she is always with like a pencil like she'll use whatever you know I'm all like oh I want to use this fancy pen and she's like no she'll just use whatever is like next to her sketchbook and she fills them with drawings and she's also really into digital art which is something that I like know nothing about so um she's definitely very much involved in that and Emrick my son he's 11 um, it also likes to sketch, but it's not so visceral as it is for, for Lausanne. She's very much into animation and things like that. Um, but I, when they were growing up, it was always like, I, I do not share my art supplies with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely shared my art time with them. So I would tell them, okay, now I need this time for me. I'm going to be doing this here's some paper, here's some crayons or paint or whatever, and you can do this with me here, or you can do something else, but this is the time that I need, and so you need to find something that you can do. Um, And so, like, this independence was very important for me because I really do needed that that regroup time, and it makes for kids that are uh, able to uh, not distract themselves, but, like, the, the... not so dependent on you to, to tell them what to do, like what mm-hmm. should I play or, or mm-hmm. you know, to be on video games all the time. That has yeah. to be really important for kids that are abroad too, because, you know, it's, I can't, 
I don't know, but I can't imagine it's just like, oh, go run around the streets of Shanghai or Beijing, you know, the same way it would be as if you lived in like a quiet neighborhood in Montreal. That's right. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I mean, we do live on compounds and uh, in Beijing, it was a, an embassy. So there was like an embassy like compound and then all the kids would meet there and stuff like that. But um, it is it is a very different way of growing up than what happened for me. So we also don't have those um, those go-tos, you know, uh, just take your bike and go outside. I mean, you can't do that in Hong Kong because you live on a hill and people drive on the other side of the road and you're going to die. So it's like, <laughs> so yeah, it was very important for me to um, to foster this idea of having free time to you decide what you want to put in that time. It goes back to the rest that we were saying. Um, if you want to read a book, you read a book. If you want to watch TV, it's fine. But like you need to choose. And I am not the person to tell you each time what to do. Thanks That's for really sharing important. that. I like yeah. that I got that visual. I'm not a mom yet, but I always <laughs> wonder. I'm like, what yeah. if my craft time gets sabotaged and ambushed and taken over? But I love the idea that you could set boundaries and still have. Yes. You know. You yeah. will be fine. Okay. It takes a while. You know, when there are two, it's different <laughs> than when yeah. there are, you know, six. When they start, you know, understanding what's their, you know, you make them a box of like cool papers and magazines and scissors and you sit down with them. And then you let them go. Like you don't do it for them. You just let them right. develop. And if they, that's not what they like, then that's fine. You, you give them something different. Like, you know, I, I did play board games with my kids, but I hated every second of it. Going to the park, I hated the, every second of going to the goddamn park. But I did it. And then after, it, it, it helps to make them understand that you, ha you yourself are a person and you need your own, like, outlets. Right. And it's so good to know, like, what you like and what you don't like. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's good to know, okay, well, you know, I can be my full self if we're here doing art projects. And, like, I can do that a lot. But, you know, I can only do so many trips to the park. Exactly. And it's so much, you know, that's, that is self-care knowing what's good for you, knowing what's not good for you, and knowing that balance of like, well, I can only do so much of this thing, even though it's good for my people, it's, you know, draining for me, whereas this is equally as good for my people, but it fills me up. Like, that's awesome. I'm going to do Absolutely. all the thing that fills me up and fills my people up. Yes. All of that information, like knowing that information, and like, the only reason, the only way you're going to find out that stuff is to be, you know, take your kids to the park and be like, uh, this didn't work for me. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, I, I don't think this is going to work for me. I don't think that's going to work for me. I don't think, like, I don't, I don't think is not the same as I don't know. Or right. no, I know. Yeah. Right. Getting the information. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk. It's getting to the point where I'm going to mix up my words. <laughs> oh no. But we're good. We're good. I have a firm <laughs> grasp on the English language. <laughs> Vanessa speaks multiple languages. <laughs> and she's uh, she just woke up. So that's a little yes. different than us. <laughs> I did have coffee though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um one of the other questions that I want to know, or that we want to know, is how do you deal with sharing your work 
period. There's so many places to share it now. Um, you, like me, we've been members of multiple different online communities. There are so many different projects that we are parts of and different places that we can share our work. So how do you tackle that? What do you share on Instagram? What do you share on your blog? What, you know, how do you parse that out for yourself? I, I love this question. So personally, I am an open book and almost all of my work, once it's done, once, like I said before, like I'm really interested in the process and the process is where the healing happens or the, um, you know, taking the pressure off happens. Once my art spread is done, I'm not attached. Like I can say that it's beautiful and that it did what I wanted it to. Um, but I'm not attached to how people are going to judge me according to what I did. So that makes it really easy for me to share everything, which I do, <laughs> almost everything. Um, so I am very rarely embarrassed by a spread that I will have done and I will almost always share it. Um, partially because like I said, I'm an open book and I like to um, share things, but I also like to have the discussions that go around the spreads or anything I might have shared. That's why I feel like um, I'm a good art teacher is because not so much of the techniques that I have or the, the, the actual you know, knit and grit of actually making the spread, but more about behind the ideas behind it and the concepts behind it, um, where I, I like to give people the power to be able to approach it themselves, kind of like what I did for my kids. <laughs> so the idea is you have this in you, you can tap into this and bring it out. So that's why I feel like, like not by example, but like by showing how I went about it, I'm, I feel like it can maybe be beneficial to somebody else. So for me, sharing is like super, super easy. And I don't feel shame because I refuse to feel shame about stuff. And I don't want people to be in that space. So I'm most always vulnerable and very authentic in what I share. So that those are like part of my core values, um, authenticity and truthfulness and um i don't know healing i guess is part of it too so so for me i share almost everything on instagram uh facebook has become less safe i feel <laughs> than it used to be and for me it has always been more about connecting with my family and the people back home than my art uh right. projects which is like what i use on instagram right my blog is still there it's kind of dusty i kind of have one or two posts but if you know now with the instagram multiple post sliding thing there's almost no need for a blog it's it's becoming sort of redundant even though the blog really allows you to go deeper into the meanings behind certain things um, so I, I, I think I need to do a rethink about what Damocon is, except just like an online gallery. I don't know. So I was still thinking about that. And then on Art Witch Academy is where we, we share, um, 
things for our members. So that's a really interesting container um, that is different. So I will share things on Instagram, my Instagram or the Academy's Instagram. Uh, but a lot of our members will share only in the Facebook group that we have, which is like a little self-contained community. Like you were saying earlier, Kristen, that's like small and intimate and very healing in that sense. Um, you know, and also when we're talking about witchcraft or art witches, not everybody's comfortable with all aspects of that. And so for some people, they'd rather not share that on Instagram um, where maybe friends, colleagues, or family members are following them. And so um, for me, there's no boundaries for that. Like, um, I feel like that's why I've made such cool internet connections is because I'm willing to be open about these things. And um, people resonate with that a lot more than what you might think. I agree. I totally agree. I hope that, that answered like, the question. I feel absolutely. like I meandered. Yeah, I love, I love that <laughs> no, that was a fantastic answer. Okay. Yeah. That was a fantastic answer. Very and, clear. Like, absolutely. And so I, this is fantastic. This is so good. This, this season, we've been asking everybody about reflection. And yes. so I would love to know which ways, and I know it's, I mean, it's a ton because so much of your work is cyclical. And so, okay, so. We're going to just dive in. Tell me how reflection plays a part in your life, whether it's creative, whether it's just your life in general, um, your art. How do you see reflection happening in, in your world? Right. I think reflection is such an amazing word because it's like, there's like two meanings to it. So the first meaning is like thinking about what you're going through, what you have been through and the path that you've taken um, and the second meaning is your reflection that's being given to you by a mirror or by a glass or whatever. So I think both those things play into my work in that uh, all my spreads are a reflection of what is happening to me in that moment. So um, like I touched upon it a bit earlier, they are, I'm documenting my inner world and my outer world and what's happening to me. So that reflection is a part of the work itself because it is you know reflecting back what i am or who i was in that moment and then once it's done once the art journal is done or the project or the album or whichever then i'm reflecting on how that helped me or how i saw that period that i was in um yes. So I'm going to get witchy a little bit here. Um, as you know, <laughs> I work with archetypes a lot. And that's why I'm uh, so into the tarot. So the tarot for me, or tarot, or tarot, um, is cards. These cards are basically archetypes. There are ways to tap into tropes and things that are happening in you and for you. They're not um, fortune teller cards, in my view. They are a way of tapping into the energies of the moment and what's happening in your life and within yourself. So I love to think about what I'm going through, the period I'm in, and associated with one of these cards um, as a way of understanding or reflecting on what I've learned for that period. 
So for example, when I hurt myself last uh, October, so a year ago, I um, hurt my, my dominant arm and I was unable to do the art I would usually do. And it like uh, having to rest, so being forced to rest, this is like <laughs> so, so full circle. So being forced to rest and then seeing myself as a useless piece of shit that's on the sofa, looking at the TV, not even able to cook a meal or to do the laundry because my arm hurts. Um, you know, during the period when my husband was extremely busy at work and my kids were adapting because we just arrived in Shanghai, brought up so much crap. And all of this crap, like ab about my worth, my shadow, um, my parents, how my parents see me, like it was intense. And so I thought, oh, I'm in a tower moment. So when you look at the tarot, the tower card is a like a break, like a big, um, your, your, your structure is being struck by lightning and you have to like rebuild. But no, that's not what was happening. I was in the devil card and the devil card is past addictions and bad thoughts that are coming to, you know, that inner critic and the you're worth nothing and why do you even try? Don't even bother. You know, you cannot get out of the cycle. You cannot heal. You cannot do anything. So using these archetypes, these cards helps me to better reflect on what that period meant for me and what I've learned from it. And so it's like another way of approaching the art as you're doing it. You don't have that oversight. You don't have that, that reflection. You can have it only when you, there's a bit of time that's gone by and then you're like, Oh, that's what was happening for me. Because when the, the art journal is finished for me, uh, the theme sort of appears. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And all of that's very intuitive. And it's also mind boggling how accurate it is because you let yourself be a conduit. Absolutely. I love that description. I've never really understood it. Although I've kind of, I used to go to a therapist who, who, who did with the energies and the stones and, you know, and yeah. she had me pick like three cards every now and then. And I was always boggled by how I felt like they applied. But then I wondered, did you, ever, did you ever pick a card that you wish you didn't or you didn't agree with? But then I guess, <laughs> the, whole, I guess the whole point is it's supposed to give you another perspective to come at something totally. with. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. It's, 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 um, it's a way of reflecting what you don't want to tell yourself with words. Right. And then the cards will be like, oh, hey, this is what's happened. You're like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you're like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Can't it just I be something I... else? Right. Yeah, why can't it be all happy flowers? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we work Very a lot with that in Art Witch Academy to, to sort of um, get people, you know, to, to see things differently and sort of um, use that whole idea of ritual. Because... Um, this idea of ritual really entered my life. Like I've been thinking about it a lot lately and in this whole process, because I touched upon it in another podcast that I did. When you're in a lab, when you're, when I'm, my job as archeologist, there was a lot of ritual in it, even though that's not how I would have said it. You know, I mentioned having to wash the bones of the remains, um, having all of the, um, 
places for the bones to dry be very marked and keeping provenience and artifacts and all that stuff. So there's a very ritualistic aspect to that, um, which is also present in my art, you know, like cleaning your brushes, um, cleaning your space so that you can really focus on the actual project rather than having all the energy or the flow be, be stuck by trying to find your favorite paint. Where did I put it? Where, where's, where's this scrap of paper that I really like? So the whole ritual aspect of art um, is really comes together for me in Art Church Academy. Uh, when we started this, Emily, Caroline and I, we, we all felt that. We all felt that there's like something really special that happens when you create a, a, book pay, a page or a piece of art. It's actual magic. And so that's why we all ended up calling ourselves art witches and then progressed from there. I love it. I love it too. It's wonderful. I feel like your reflection answer was both super abstract and super tangible. Like <laughs> I love we, it. Good. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I, <laughs> I, could, I could actually hold tarot cards and reflect. And also, you could. Yeah. Like, you can. You can do it right you now. Totally can. It was such an interesting answer. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I think it's a really great theme too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. So we're going to conclude this episode by um, going through our currently round, which is based off Kristen's currently card. And I see you got it. So exciting. <laughs> you can get it at the awesomeladiesproject.com slash currently. So are you ready, Vanessa? I am. Okay. What are you currently watching? I just finished watching uh, American Horror Story Apocalypse. And I am <laughs> so into it that I, I have to like... <laughs> I feel like I have to start all over again because I'm here for that show so much. Nice. I absolutely loved it. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> what are you currently reading? Okay, so I started reading uh, Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God. So this is, um, she was, a, she was a, a woman of color who was uh, working as an anthropologist. I mean, she did so many jobs, like her, her life is extremely interesting. And she was one of the first uh, women of color to actually um, talk about, um, I guess, uh, I, I don't want to call them religions, but like maybe, um, you know, things like voodoo and hoodoo that were issued from slavery. And um, so this is a work of fiction. And it's um, a bit uh, difficult for me to read because the language is very, um, like, uh, translated from sound. Mm. So, like, I am liking. So, it's written instead of I, it's A-H. Mm -hmm. So, as a, a French-Canadian, it's a bit yeah. difficult for me. Oh, yeah. But, that uh, must be really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I read it in uh, me too. Like senior year of high school yeah. or college. Right. And it, I mean, it's great, but it, it, it's, it's hard. So I have to concentrate. To yeah. Translating and translating is like, yeah. cause right. Cause it's like, it was, it was like a translation back then, but like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's I never right. even thought about that. And so I'm so interested in, in her cause this is a work of fiction. Right. And so yeah. I'm so interested because after that, I want to read her actual like anthropological works. Interesting. What are you currently listening to? Okay, I'm listening to podcasts all the time. This is my new thing. Um, I I love I just I just love that there are so many out there and there's so many that can be, you know, totally into what you're into currently, right? Yeah. So I have you know a bunch of uh, witchy podcasts. And I have a bunch of um, 
sort of morbid podcast podcasts and also um, crafty ones like this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all about the podcast right now. Nice. You listen while you art? No, I oh. never do that. So when I art, it's like I'm, I'm like uh, in my studio with like no music and I just really let everything flow. So I listen to it when I walk around. Um, I walk a lot in Shanghai. And so when I, I just put a podcast on and I'm off. Nice. Nice. So what are you currently making? So I'm making art in my wonky journal that I need to find a better <laughs> name for. <laughs> which Love is it. very like intuitive journal. I'm not sure yet. The anything goes journal. Nice. What are you currently feeling? Okay. I'm feeling like on the cusp. So you know when you're like at university and you're working like on a term paper or a thesis and you're like doing all this research and it's really exciting and you love like what's coming out of the research and then you're just at that moment before you actually start writing the paper, <laughs> that's, that's how I'm feeling. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we got to leap into this, but that's right. Ah! And then you're like, oh, I hope I can like birth it. So it's like how right. I think it's, it can yeah. be and not go off on a weird tangent. Yeah, in totally. Bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I that. felt that way with every Halloween costume. I did three Halloween costumes <laughs> this past year. And I felt, I was like, okay, all this stuff is in place. Is it going to come out the way that my brain thinks it's going to come out? And some did and some didn't, but. I, I just thought all of your Halloween we- costumes came out exactly. Just because everyone else didn't understand them doesn't mean that you did. They came out. Oh, your Halloween costumes were good, Amanda. There were three of them this year. I, I was pretty proud of them, but like the flasher one came out better than I thought. Anyway, yes. I just felt that same thing. With that y'all. feeling, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very, very interesting answer. Okay, what are you currently planning? So I'm planning a new art class, which is why I'm on the cusp of uh, all of this stuff, because I'm um, gathering some research for an art class I'm making. It's, called, it's going to be called Inner Heroine, and it's on the heroine's journey. Nice. Um, and I remember, Kristen, when that was your one, one little word. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm gathering all this super interesting information, and I just want to collate it and make it into something, you know, interesting and 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 cool that's awesome that's so cool when is that launching um probably in january 2020 nice yes exciting we'll keep a lookout for that and what are you currently loving lastly i'm loving fall in shanghai so last year you know we just arrived and i you know had my injury and everybody was super busy and we're all busy trying to like be here but now i feel that we're here so we're grounded we feel everybody's feeling good about living here and so i can really appreciate um the cooler weather it gets really really humid here in the summertime mm. uh, hence my my halo of hair <laughs> that i usually have and now it's been like cooler and um the colors like the tree leaves don't change here. So it goes from being very green to like there, but um, we're not there yet. But the light is beautiful and the, the, the air quality is usually okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been really cool to walk around, to be able to walk around without, you know, breaking out into a sweat two seconds out. And how much longer will you be there? About two years and a half. 
And will you stay? Do you know where you'll do you know where you'll go after that? No, we don't know. Either we go back to Canada or something else will come up. That's um, that's something we can't really know this far in advance. Another adventure. Yeah. That's right. Exciting and fun. This interview <laughs> is so much fun. This has been awesome. <laughs> Yay. Guys, you guys are awesome. This has been one of my favorite interviews ever. So this has been amazing. We're going to have another couple of minutes on After Chatter, which I'm sure is going to be fantastic. Um, if you guys want to listen, head over to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. If you're not yet a patron, you can go to craftyassfemale.com slash Patreon. And if you mix them up, just go to the other one. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. We will be back next week with an Amanda and me episode. And this has been awesome. I'm just, I just can't wait to get off this so that we can edit it and send it out to everybody. It's going to be amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We will be back next week and go to After Chatter because it's going to be great. All right. Uh, yes. Anything else? I don't think so. That's amazing. Uh, bye, guys. Yay. <laughs>